Welcome to Kindle Curiosity, an imperfect podcast about the creative process. I'm your host, Sarah Schatz. I'm an artist, an author, an academic, and a creative coach. This is season three, and we will be exploring creative ecosystems, which happens to be the topic of my very first book. Hello, so we are back. Uh, If you missed the last episode, it kind of explained why everything changed from the messy middle to Kindle Curiosity. So if you're curious about that, uh, hop back there and give that a listen. But moving forward, this podcast will return to the name Kindle Curiosity. And with that, I am also hoping to bring on some guests this season. Um, So today it's just me. I'm going to be introducing the idea of a creative ecosystem and what that is. And then throughout the year on a monthly-ish basis, I would like to invite other artists and creators creatives to come on and talk with me about their creative ecosystems. So I'm really excited about that. But I thought it would be helpful to kind of just start with talking about what a creative ecosystem is. I also wrote a blog post about that, which I will link in show notes. So basically, this is a concept that I created when I was writing my creative motherhood book. Um, It was supposed to be the introduction, the first chapter, because I was very mindful that while I was writing about creativity and motherhood that there wasn't one right way to do that and that every mother had a different situation, a different environment, different challenges, different babies, different bodies. And that meant that creativity would look different for each person who is reading the book. So at some point, I realized I needed to let this idea have its own space and it needed room to breathe because it's not specific to motherhood. It's actually applicable to everyone, any human. And the idea is that a creative ecosystem includes every condition within which we create. So that's our body, our mind, our environment, everything that we consume, the mediums that we use, like it's it's very expansive. It kind of zooms out. I think very often when we talk about creativity, we focus so much on the act of making and being productive, like actively putting a paintbrush on a canvas, putting a pen to paper, putting our hands on the keyboard or the mouse, like whatever medium we use, we think about that as the creativity. Now for context, when I was developing this idea, I was a new mother. And so I had much less time in my day to actively physically create. And yet I felt the most creative I ever had. I was having all of these new new experiences. My brain must be forming like new neural connections. And I was just like bursting with creative energy, but had so little time and physical energy to create. Um, So I was kind of trying to explore these ideas of what is creativity and how does it look in our lives when we're not you know, sitting for hours on and making things. How are we, how, like, how could I um, nurture my inner artist at that time? How could I channel that creative energy? How could I support myself? Um, So kind of unpacking and unfolding all of those ideas is what led to this book. Um, And so I've written 
it's it's like a short introduction. I had to kind of hold myself back because I think I could write like a whole dissertation. You know, I could do a thesis on this. Um, there is a lot to the metaphor, like looking through nature and applying different elements of nature to the creative process and to life of an artist. Um, but this particular exploration has been very introductory. So the book that I've written kind of breaks down each element of an ecosystem. So like sun, air, water, then we go a little bit deeper into like the food chain and things like that. Um, and each of those elements is tied to part of the creative process or part of your creative ecosystem, which as I said before, includes like the body that you're in while you're making things, the environment, your everyday life, um, the books that you read, the art that you watch, like everything is part of your creative ecosystem, um, to repeat myself a little bit. And all of those things can contribute or they, I, I hesitate, like, I was very careful when I was writing this because I don't want to say like some things are necessarily good or bad. It's all about the balance, you know? Um, I think there's a lot of kind of black and white thinking out there about creativity. Like, you shouldn't have too much input because that will mess up your output. And so this is definitely pulled back from that whole the artist is a machine to make money um, picture. <laughs> and it's looking more at how to take care of our artist self um, and find that like a healthy balance. And it's going to be different for everyone. Um, what is healthy for someone else and feels good um, is not going to be healthy for another person. And that within our lives, like our ecosystems may change and there are different seasons. We talk about that, seasons and cycles. Um, so basically, that's kind of um, the big picture of what I mean by a creative ecosystem. And so you don't have to read the book to kind of understand the basic metaphor and moving forward in this season. I'm hoping to have a guest and we'll talk about each one of these topics um, one uh, one an episode. So I'll have on a guest and we'll talk about how the environment uh, and their everyday life affects their creativity. And then I'll have another guest and we'll talk about um, health, uh, chronic illness, maybe, or a mental illness, neurodiversity, neurodivergence. So that's kind of the idea for this season. And then I did have a couple of notes I talked about in this blog post that I'm going to link below um, about why I like uh, why I feel so passionate about this idea and what I feel uh, that the idea of a creative ecosystem is a response to. And one of those is kind of a pushback against one size fits all advice. And I briefly alluded to that a few minutes ago, but I see in the creative world a lot of very successful artists try to kind of push their creative process onto other people. And I'm sure that comes from a place of generosity and wanting to help and years of people asking, like, how do you do it? And so you answer, like, this is how I do it. And sometimes that verges into, you should do that too. And even my beloved Julia Cameron, who has so much wisdom and her creative process that she specifically teaches is beautiful and powerful. And I think it works for a lot of artists. Um, but she definitely believes, at least in her, the way she wrote her first book, um, that that specific creative process will work for everyone. And 
it doesn't. Um, I found that out for the first time when I was a new mom and I was too exhausted to write three pages of journaling a day. And I had no desire to go out and do artist dates. Um, At this point, yes, I would love to do that. But in those very first, you know, my body was healing, I was bonding to my baby, you know, maybe we would want to get out, but I didn't want to go out by myself. And of course, that's a challenge for every new mother and new parent um, to face like, when do you need to start pushing yourself? But like, I started reading The Artist's Way literally when I was in my postpartum period. And they call that the fourth trimester. And for me, what I needed, again, not saying that all mothers should do this, but what I needed um, was rest, like more than writing in my journal, which yes, I needed some time and space to reflect and think. Um, But I what I really, really needed when I did have that break Uh, when the baby was sleeping or when someone else was watching him was I needed sleep. I needed a nap (sighs) more than anything else. Um, Way, 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 way before I needed to be writing three longhand journal pages every day. Um, And I needed time to bond with my baby and try to figure out how to do all the things, how to be a mom for the first time, more so at that time in my life than I needed to like go to the art store and buy a box of crayons. Like, I love the artist date concept. I love journaling. And these things worked for me in the past. They always kind of kickstarted my creativity. Um, And so when for the very first time I was trying to figure out, like, how is creativity going to fit into my life now? And I read the book and it just didn't resonate. None of it resonated. Um, I realized that there must be others Uh, who don't resonate with Julia Cameron's process and with the journaling and with the artist dates. And um, that works great for a lot of people. Uh, But there's, that's kind of planted the very first seeds of this where I realized that, you know, we each have our own way and that what works for us at one time in our life may not continue to work for us. There's like a process of rediscovery going on there. And so It was really kind of a pushback against this idea that you can take someone else's creative process um, and just copy and paste it into your life and that it will work for you. So uh, that's the first point. And then the second thing that I felt I was responding to in exploring this idea was the hustle, hustle, burnout culture. Um, And I know I'm not the only one pushing back against that. Um, I do think there's a a really big wave of change and a lot of artists and um, I can't think of the word, but a lot of a lot of people are actually pushing back against the burnout uh, culture that I think was really prevalent a few years ago. Uh, But we're all doing it in our own ways. So I know there's like the nap ministry that's telling us that we need to rest. And there are all these different great people who are contributing to making us really question that. Uh, But I do find that it's really still a strong cultural narrative is I felt like, how am I an artist if I don't have art to show for it? Am I an artist when I'm not making something, if I'm not making something every day? Um, And so this was really an exploration of like, how am I being creative? And how am I nurturing my artist, even if I'm not, you know, in the studio every day? 
that it's not just motherhood that does this. There, there are other times in our life where we may not have either, you know, a, another big theme in, in this concept is energy. And where does the energy come from? And where does the energy drained? Um, and so there are times in our life where we may not have the energy to be physically creating things. And that doesn't mean that we're not artists. Um, and so I really wanted to explore this idea of what does it mean to be an artist if I'm not making something? And how can I help nurture that creativity and my inner artist self to maybe get to a place where I can make things again? How can I, what do I need now? Um, And then how can I restructure the idea rather than basing my artist identity on my productivity and what I make or what I sell or what I share or what engagement I get on social media and really find that sense of self within me and within my creative process to like come home to what that looks like for me. And it's different for each of us. Um, So those are kind of the things that inspired me. I have sent off just yesterday for the proofs of my book. I think I'm on the final copy edit. Um, And the book that I've written is really just like a bite-sized introduction. So each week, there are prompts, there are reflection prompts, and there are micro adventures to kind of like experiment with what works for you. So like another theme in the book, uh, one chapter is on structure. And a lot of people will try to teach their structure because it works for them. And I'm really starting to believe that, you know, you can get clues and tips and try ideas from other people, but you have to adapt them to work for you, for your specific self and your specific circumstances. So we really explore different types of structure and asking yourself, you know, do I thrive with more uh, freedom and flexibility, or do I thrive with more boundaries and routine and like a, a more rigid structure? Uh, and that will be different for everyone, and it may be different at different times in your life. Um, for me, I have always thrived on rigidity. You know, um, most of you know I'm autistic, and so having that sense of knowing what's coming. It makes me feel very secure. It makes me able to really get things done um, and being organized and having prepared um, and planned. It it is a circumstance that I can really thrive within. Of course, being a new mom, having a baby, now having a toddler, I have a lot more uncertainty in my life than I have had maybe since I was a kid. And I found that really challenging. And so trying to find a new way when I can't necessarily, you know, I can try to build routine and structure. uh, But then if the school calls and they say, hey, your kid's sick, you've got to come pick him up. I have to build like, you know, maybe some people can roll with it. But for me, like trying to shift as an autistic person, shifting from I made this plan to I now need to change the plan of the day is really challenging for me. And so trying to find ways to support myself to make the structure that I can, but also to build within that structure, more flexibility and more 
room and almost like planning for the unexpected, making room for that rather than, for example, setting a arbitrary launch date for my book. Um, I kind of had in the back of my mind that I would like, well, actually, I've had several different launch dates in mind. And at some point, I realized I really needed to release that idea. So I am experimenting with it's done when it's done. And for example, this podcast was supposed to be recorded in January, but it's been one thing after another. And that has not been possible. And so rather than beat myself up about that, because that's the kind of person and brain that I have, um, changing this idea to these are the pieces I want to work toward. And when they're done, they're done. So I can't tell you when the book's coming out, but I can tell you that I ordered my proofs and that when the proofs come in, I'm going to be recording the video for the Indiegogo so I can take pre-orders. And I'm going to do one final copy edit. Uh, and I may be tempted to I'm always having more ideas to add and I have to really control myself. I may like publish a second edition or like a a sequel or a further deeper exploration of this idea later on because there's so much to dig into. Um, But this book, as I said, is like just a really bite-sized introduction. Um, And so it's really made to do as a 10-week retreat. So you like read about one concept. And then within that next week, you're going to have a micro adventure that you're experimenting, like I said, maybe with structure, like trying more freedom or trying more routine, seeing what you thrive with. Then it has journal entries to explore. um, Well, let me correct myself. Reflective prompts, because as I said before, not everyone is into journaling. So these work really, I'm, I'm naturally a writer and a journaler. um, And they can work for that if that is something that fits well with you. But if you're not a journaler, you could use them as creative prompts, you could make a collage or a drawing, you could just go for a walk and have a think about it. You could lay in a hammock, stare at the leaves and just muse upon these ideas. Uh, The main thing is to try something and then look back and see how it worked for you and really kind of go inward and think about your creative process and how you can make it fit you instead of trying to make yourself fit within a structure that is not the best structure for you. So that is the book that I'm working toward. Um, And yeah, I'm like, how do I wrap this up now? Um, This is a pretty short episode. I'm, I'm hoping like one of the challenges of being a toddler mom is that it seems like we always have like some, some little sickness cut, like the germs that toddlers have are unreal. And I've been, you know, we've been really lucky, touch wood, that we haven't uh, had to deal with the um, sickness that shall not be named. But uh, it always seems to be just different little colds and things. And sometimes they really wipe us out, probably because we're not getting enough sleep, which is, you know, a cold hard fact of my current creative ecosystem is that I'm pretty much sleep deprived a lot of the time. Um, So if I either do not have the social energy or do not have the physical energy because I am sick, I am building right into the plan uh, that we may not be following a specific upload 
structure here. Uh, So if that's something you really need, this podcast may not be for you. But if that is something that you can understand and relate to or tolerate, um, that's what to expect. And it's my hope to kind of alternate a little solo chatty podcast with me talking about something within the creative process, within the idea of a creative ecosystem, within my creative ecosystem, and then alternate those monthly-ish, um, ish. I, I, I struck, I, um, I can't make words, um, emphasize-ish, uh, interviews with other creatives. And I haven't been able to do that to do interview podcasts since before David was born. He's almost three. So I'm very excited for that. Um, If I can just keep my immune system up uh, to be able to do that and not lose my voice uh, or be hacking and coughing and sneezing and spring allergies are coming anyway. uh, These are this just a little window into the challenges within my creative ecosystem at the moment and how I am trying to be responsive to that. Um, so yeah, I would love to hear from you. Um, I don't ask for reviews for this podcast. What I really, what really gets me going is to hear your response to the podcast. So if you wanted to reach out on Instagram, you could just send me a DM at Sarah D shots or because I find it obnoxious to like spell everything out. You can also find me on Instagram through at Kindle Curiosity. And then through that podcast, you can hop over to my main account. And if you want to help the podcast, there are two great ways to do that. The first is to send this podcast to someone that you know that might enjoy it, a kindred spirit who maybe also struggles with the hustle culture and could use some inspiration. And then the second way is to support me on Patreon. So my Patreon isn't specifically for this podcast. It also encompasses my other creative work. And it also has tiers where you can pledge to receive art in the mail. Um, So for $1 a month, you get behind the scenes and you know you're helping to support this podcast, which does have various costs attached to it. Um, And then for $5 a month, you can get some two-dimensional art in the mail once a year. And for $15 to $18 a month, you can get an annual parcel that will include one of my pottery pieces and um, yeah, just other exciting, fun, creative goodies. So that's it for this first episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.